Welcome to Thrivers, nonprofit leadership for the next normal. I am your host, Tucker Wanamaker, the CEO of Thrive Impact. And our mission is to solve nonprofit leader burnout and to right the injustices happening against those leaders. Burnout is the enemy of creating positive change, and we want to connect you with impactful, mission-driven leaders and ideas so that you can learn to thrive in today's nonprofit landscape. And I'm joined here by my co-host, Sarah Fanslow, our Chief of Impact at Thrive Impact. Hello, Sarah. Oh, hello, Tucker. Well, we've had a busy couple of weeks, haven't we? <laughs> Months, years, maybe. <laughs> I don't even remember what day it is. Yeah. <laughs> wait, what? Wait, what's going on? Our um, I know. Uh, I'm really sad that we didn't record this podcast on Halloween. Today is November 2nd. And uh, I'm really sad because I had my whole Ken costume on and it I really rocking. wanted to see it. Yeah. Yeah. I unfortunately like all my costumes. Usually I use Halloween as a time to wear wigs because I love wigs and I don't know where they are since I moved and I didn't have time to get a new one. So I really felt sad about not being able to do my wig routine. I can see how that would be sad. I wore a blonde wig. Um, yeah. I don't know. Do you like me with hair? I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Did Did you I look, look like Ryan Gosling? I was curious. <laughs> Did you feel the energy? I, don't know. I, I definitely did. You brought the energy for sure. <laughs> well, uh, anyway, sorry, that was a little sidebar on Halloween, but um, <laughs> but we do have fun on Halloween as much as we can. But we have been busy, right? We've been we've been traveling. Um, we've connected with a lot of impact driven and and nonprofit leaders, and uh, and so part of this episode uh, is really to go into what have we been seeing in. Uh, a lot of these nonprofit CEOs, especially, and EDs, what have we been noticing? Um, and particularly, we've been encountering a lot of uh, CEOs and EDs who who are relatively newer in their role, right, over the last year. Um, but I'm all, I'm, I think we're also noticing some of the similarities with ones who have been around for a while and are just tired of the old ways, <laughs> you know? And yeah. so part of this uh, episode is we wanted to go through what we've been noticing in with a lot of the CEOs and EDs that we've been uh, interacting with. And then I have a first version of a manifesto. I know it sounds kind of intense. <laughs> it does. <laughs> manifesto. Festo, festo. <laughs> I'm scared. No, I'm kidding. I'm not. Uh, you probably should be. Um, <laughs> but it was my relatively feeble attempt at creating language to what I feel like I've been noticing people have been feeling, but haven't had the words for. Yeah. And some of the things that we share on, teach on, workshop on, and live into ourselves, that um, whenever we can read them and put words to what we're feeling, it starts to really help people. And so this is my straight up V1, first version skateboard. If you've listened to the skateboard episode from way back in the day, uh, this is my imperfect manifesto called it our Thrivers Manifesto that I'll share that for the first time in a public audience um, and get Sarah's real-time feedback. Because Sarah, I've, I've read it to you once, yeah. but you haven't really digested it. And so this is no. going to be almost as raw of information uh, or this will be raw feedback right there in the room. So, and then we'll close after that. So, but Sarah, before we get into the manifesto, festo, 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 sorry, I had to do that. Um, <laughs> What, what have you been noticing? You know, we traveled to Rochester. We were in Buffalo. I was in Dallas. I was in Cleveland. Um, we've had a variety of uh, experiences, of course, on Zoom as usual 
with people from Pueblo, Colorado. Uh, we just had one with people from California, uh, some impact-driven leaders. I mean, people from all over the place. I'm curious, what are you noticing in these leaders right now, these EDs and CEOs especially, uh, in in terms of their space, the 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 mind that they're in, the heart space yeah. that they're in, the feelings that they have? What have you been noticing? Yeah, well, it's definitely been super interesting. I, I think one of the things that's really been coming up for me is um, the fact that EDs and CEOs are, you know, I'm going to go to the pain first or some of what I think is the pain. And it's partially or in some some ways a large part of just feeling sick of like staff not being happy like and being like, you know, pe people being like, you know, I don't like feeling like I'm the cause of other people not liking what they're doing because I'm really trying hard, right? Like there's this yeah. real mismatch between what folks are trying trying to do. And then I think what's happening at a staff level that's driven not, you know, a leader is part of it, certainly, but like by the conditions around us, right? By COVID, by pay, by a you know, squeezing funding environment that's causing leaders to have to make tough choices, which leaders do, right? That's their job. Um, and when I say leader in this sense, I'm meaning that CEO or executive director. But I think what I've noticed is, you know, there's been a significant amount of staff tension in a number of the organizations we've worked with. And it's kind of the staff that have been there for a long time, and then new folks coming in and trying to figure out how you put the pieces of the puzzle together in a way that creates a culture that feels good that and that allows organizations to do their work out in the world. And so I think it's in that context and that pain is driving folks to say, you know what, like we need to do things differently and we need to, um, to involve staff in decision and choice making about what's happening next. Otherwise, this is just going to keep going. So mm. that that's a little bit about what I've been recognizing. And even yesterday, you know, we had a kickoff with an organization and I think we really heard that. Actually, we had two meetings yesterday. One was with an organization we were kind of in the process with and one was a new organization, right? And the one that we're in the process with, they said, you know what, in the last few weeks, the voices of discontent have been quieter. And the person said, and I think it's because they have a place to put their hopes and their dreams and their sorrows. Ooh, and it's into the work that right. we're doing together, right? They have a place to put them. And, and the second organization we talked to right after that was in the seat of staff needing a had to have a place to put those things. And without having the place, feeling like folks are at odds. So anyway, that's my long-winded answer to that question. But what are you seeing? Well, I'm just resonating with what you're hitting on. I'm glad you brought forward those stories from yesterday too, because you're right. Like that was a really poignant point that when the when your staff and your team are able to bring their voices in, yeah. and and in a real human way, not a not an unhuman, you know, not there's a lot of space for surveys, and that's helpful, but you don't feel a survey, right. <laughs> you know. That you feel when other people are sharing their voices and their and their hopes and dreams and sorrows and things like what you're talking about, um, yeah, and it's almost like a a pressure release valve that we were able to help yeah. that particular organization 
Um, and I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying, which is that these EDs are like really unhappy that their staff is unhappy and aren't sure what to do about it. Right. It's like, I don't, you know, I, I don't know what to do. Like the old ways yeah. I've done things aren't working. And, um, I've also noticed too, the similar discontent with CEOs, with their boards, um, yeah. a similar thing, right. What they're noticing from their staff, they feel like the same thing probably totally. towards the board, right. <laughs> <It's so true. laughs> and, yeah. and this, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about some of the people in Rochester in particular of inviting the board into co-creating what, uh, into co-creating and meaning like, Hey board, this last strategic plan, nobody was involved in except for you. <laughs> and we can't do it that way anymore. Um, you know, cause to your point, Sarah, you're like hitting on this discontent and, and I think it's, I think it's this discontent of, of, we can't just be in this telling people what to do space. Yeah, We need yeah. to do belonging and buy-in before we come up with answers and strategy instead of totally. coming up with answers and strategy and then trying to get buy-in afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's interesting, you know, a few of the organizations we're working with, they're new CEOs that have inherited staff challenges, right? They're not necessarily of their own making, but they're like, listen, I'm in a new position and now I need to figure out how to really shift the way we work together. And then in some cases, they're leaders that have been around for a while and are just like, this thing, we've got to figure out how to change, you know? And so we're seeing it from both sides, the new leader who's coming into environments that are challenging and, and leaders that have been there for a while that in some ways have been presiding over challenging environments, but haven't had the tools or the language to think about like, what does it mean to shift? And I think that's part of what we've done. And Tucker, I'm even reflecting on the fact that one of the leaders um, that we talked about said, I didn't have the language to talk about what I knew I needed to do before I started working with you all. And in particular, it was that language of going from a few with the answers or the top down model mm -hmm. of leadership to ask engaging the many with the questions. And I think once people hear that, they're like, that's the thing, right? But yeah. so many folks just don't have the language for it. Mm -hmm. Was that the segue into the manifesto? It felt I like mean, it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but you're right. Uh, I think it, that is the the space of, you know, I mean, there is another pain, which is one that we, I think we experienced earlier today too, of the pain of the lack of specificity on things. Um, right. And this will give you a little bit of my own background, but my mom used to say, if it's vague, it's not from the Holy spirit. That's what she used to say to me. And, and wait, wait, I have to stop you there. I said that to my mother, who's a pastor. And she said, I think it's the opposite. She said, I think the vaguer it is, the more it is. <laughs> Who knows? We'll go, we'll have theology conversation yeah, later. Next like, time it's a theology. Next time on Thrivers. <laughs> um, uh, theology of which one's right. Uh, but but I always have loved that, that statement in the sense of, you know, uh, anytime we're dealing with these tensions and these pains, I remember talking to somebody about revenue. And, uh, and he was saying the more that we can get down and do exactly in the specificity of what's going on, it actually reduces our, uh, frankly, reactivity. It reduces our, it's kind of like name it to claim it or sorry, mm -hmm. name it to tame it. Sorry. That was, an, that's another one from my background. Sorry. 
<laughs> name and claim it, sister. Uh, but name it to tame it. Um, that the more we can get down into specificity in this organization that we were working with earlier today, I mean, you, I felt the 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 tension, some of the tension in the room around. We need to get this down into really clear expectations because the demands are exceeding my resources. Yeah. And, and we, but let's get specific and let's get down into clarity of what this is. And so I hear a lot of the struggle for the tension between the time to take that it takes to get to that space. And sometimes you just need somebody to facilitate you doing it because it's hard yeah. to do. Um, and then, uh, so not only the time it takes, but also when you start getting into that specificity, I mean, some real emotions start to come up to the surface that were already there. They were already there. You already had that tension, but now it starts to come up and that's okay. In fact, it's probably way better than having it just stuffed down until it all blows up. Um, because really it's a process issue, not a person issue. It's some kind of a lack of understanding or a lack of clarity or a lack of agreement with each other around what it is that we're even doing in the first place. So I've definitely noticed that too. Um, I think about that strategic planning refresh that we did, you know, recently that we even shared about that was a similar type of process of the more tension kept building, the more vague it became and the more it got more tense. Right. And so when we were able to go down into specificity, actually that brought healing to the organization and brought and can bring healing when we do that. So that's definitely another thing I've noticed. Yeah, I agree completely. And it's, I think it's really interesting that in some ways, you know, the more kind of tension there is, the higher the conversation seems to go from an altitude perspective instead of down into, okay, so like, what does that mean? And that's really the question. And what do we want to do about it? Um, and, and I think that's partially because it feels personal a lot of the time, right? Um, yeah. And but yeah, it's like, so let's get the things down on paper and let's agree to what we agree on and let's identify what we don't agree on so that we can come to consensus. Um, but yeah, oftentimes the conversation stays up at the, well, I thought it was this and I thought it was that level instead of going to, so here's what I think it could be. And oh yeah, I like that. Or here's mm -hmm. how I would shift it. You know, mm -hmm. clear is kind, unclear is unkind. It's true. It's true. All right. Do Why it. don't we, uh, you ready for this? V1, first okay. version skateboard of the Thrivers Manifesto. Ready I sure for it? am. All right. So, so just for the listeners, what we're going to do is I'm going to read through this with my own inflections, of course. We'll put a link to this in, in the show notes as well. And then Sarah, I want to invite you to, uh, one, lead with appreciation, which is something that we try to practice all the time at Thrive, which is don't go straight to the edit, go to the appreciation first, yep. no matter what. And so we do that in a way of pluses and deltas, but the pluses are the appreciation. Like, no, what really, it is a manifesto. So what really like punched you? What was like, oh, that, no, that one. Manifestos are meant to be more lines in the sand, more blanket statements oriented. I kind mm. of speak to like the, in some ways it's not meant to be quite as nuanced uh, sorts, but we'll see how it goes. But the pluses are, what are the things that you're like? Yes, that, um, mm. so write down thoughts or however you want to do it, Sarah, it's up to you. And then the deltas, which are, which is the symbol for change is what are the things that you're like, eh, we need to tighten that up, which is probably what you're going to say. Cause you always want to tighten everything up because you're good <laughs> at tightening it up. Um, 
uh, or some words that were like, ah, maybe instead of this word, maybe that word or something like that. So something that you'd want to shift or adjust. So y'all are getting this in real time, real time feedback and coaching from Sarah Fanslow right here around this Thrivers Manifesto. And we'll see how it goes. Let's do it. All right. All right. So here's the first version of the Thrivers Manifesto. Everyone deserves the opportunity for their voice to shape a collective future. With the speed of change happening at an exponential rate, the older ways of leadership don't work in the new day we find ourselves in. When we don't include a voice, we steal from their humanity and our ability to be relevant and impactful. Co-creation is the highest form of humanity. We're not meant to do it alone. We were born learners, not performers. Success comes to us through curiosity, reflection, trying, and continuous improvement. Choosing to learn with others from wins and losses, successes and mistakes, accomplishments and sorrows, and those open us up to the future that we want. We are doing too much to be sustainable. We don't need to be all things to all people. Our no's give power to our most important yeses. The right revenue and resources come to us when we live in integrity, know there is enough to go around, and iterate quickly. We will let our hearts drive and, our, and let data guide. We match our ideals with building the systems to support them. It's not enough to just have impact in our world. If we want to lead well in the world, we must lead well within our teams, and I must lead well within myself. I am not a machine. When I pause, notice, and choose what matters most now, in every situation, the better parts of me emerge. I choose belonging before strategy, questions before answers, curiosity before directives. I choose care instead of hurry, learning instead of perfectionism, agreements instead of expectations, abundance instead of scarcity. I choose to be clear, which is kind, Even if I am not sure what to say or do, I will freely share that. I walk in faith and hope towards our collective future. I am a thriver. I co-create impact from the inside out. Did I like drop the mic? (laughs) Drop it. I love it. I need to read it too. I'm like... uh... (laughs) Here, I'll slap it to you, sir. Yeah, yeah, put it up so I can take a look at it. I know, you're much more of a reader. I know, there you go. I just put it in Slack for you. Thank you. So yeah, what? um, take a moment and read it because you're like the speediest reader of all time. But what what pluses do you do have? What, What was said that kind of jumped out that kind of punched you in the gut a little bit that like, oh yes, that, you know, those are mm-hmm. the types of things. And we can start there. Um, I mean, I, th- I think, well, a few words that I just, or phrases that I just liked, I, I choose care instead of hurry. Um, those two juxtaposed, I think is interesting. Um, I like this idea of, um, you know, I mean, I think, you know, at the highest level, this has all of the key pieces 
in many ways of what we believe here at Thrive, you know, and I think that it does a good job of, you know, I think what's interesting or what I'm noticing is the the structure of it. And in some ways, I think it felt like a stream to me if I was going to give it a, hmm. um, that's kind of what came to my mind visually, <laughs> to huh. be honest like yeah. running water in a stream um, because it feels relatively organic from a structure perspective. Do you know what I mean? In a way mm. that feels like it, it flows and it's natural, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, but you kind of go out first, right? Everybody deserves this and here's why and here's what we want to give them. And then kind of we go into, but we're kind of doing, we're, we're doing too much or what the challenge is in some ways. And then you go into kind of I as the leader. So those, I think I really noticed those three different parts mm. of it, like the collective and co-creation, the what's happening that's challenging, and then the how I need to show up as a leader um, those three pieces, I, I just really noticed them. Um, they really stood out to me. Hmm. And of course, I love this piece around both the idea of co-creation, which I think to some folks feels like more juxtaposed with needing to do less. And really, that's a fallacy of co-creation is that we're going to have to do all of the things that people put out there. But really, what we're just doing is inviting voices so together we can decide where to focus mm. instead of needing to do all the things. Mm. Mm -hmm. So I like those. That actually could be a delta too, uh, to that yeah. point of speaking to the fear of co-creation. Yeah. Maybe a piece to put in here. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I was going to ask you, I'm curious, like, as you think about this from the person who wrote it, what are the parts that you like the most? Um, I like when we don't include a voice, we steal from their humanity. It's mm -hmm. so power. It's so like potent. Because it, it puts it on a, I don't know, it, it connects empathy with me of if co-creation is the highest form of humanity, then we we really do need to figure out how to include voices. Otherwise we're stealing from them. Mm. And I'm guessing if you're an impact driven leader, helping humanity is your goal. So, <laughs> so if you're stealing from your own team or staff or boards, humanity while trying to like increase the, you know, help humanity in other ways, uh, you're out of alignment with yourself. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, I really love that we're not born learners. We're, we are, we were born learners, not performers. Oh yeah, I like that too. Um, yeah. And I think that just goes to the work of Peter Senge. And I think that's what I have continued to try to get out of and to unlearn is performance. Yeah. And it doesn't mean I don't perform, if you will. Like I still do perform and see things. Yes. But it doesn't mean that I need to be a performer and I need to perform for everyone. I'm just, I'm right. a learner on the journey. And that's helped me, I think, ultimately to be a better facilitator, but, but just a person. And, and I still keep learning into it, right? Yeah. Um, and then I, I, I really, and I'm glad you noticed the sort of the, the us, we, I, or however you want to say it, like everyone, we, I. 
because I think that was part of it for me. I was like, how do we, it, it is a, you know, if we want to lead well in the world, the first place we need to lead well is within ourselves. And I was like, we need to have an I piece, but we also need to have a we piece. And this is about co-creation and such a yeah. part of it that, uh, so I'm glad you noticed that of, uh, cause that was, I mean, clearly it was very intentional and I, and so I'm, I like the piece of this before that, or this instead of that, like I was trying to do this, you know, like belonging before strategy, as opposed to strategy before belonging. We just talked about that yeah. a minute ago. Um, inviting questions and going to questions first. Even if I have answers, I still go to questions first before answers. Yep. Um, and then I, I just liked wrapping it up with the the statement of the whole thing, which is, "I am a thriver. I co-create impact from the inside out." Like somebody, I remember somebody who had given me some feedback on it when I was putting it together said, you need like a one statement that just says, this is what the whole thing says right here in one statement. And I felt like that felt that was really poignant. Yeah. hundred percent. Delta Sarah, and you can be raw. Like, (laughs) Uh no, I'm kidding. Give it to me straight. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's worth looking at that, the, those shifts in perspective and just like, I think there's something there, but, and we may need to like, I don't know, there's a piece there on the shifting perspective, I think to maybe just hone in a little bit. Um, Which part do you mean? Like the going from the us to, or the, you know, co-creation to the, the, we as a team need to do this to the I like, Yeah. And again, I think like having it be like a stream and organic is really great. I think there's just some, uh, maybe it's just a few transition pieces or something. I don't know, but I think mm-hmm. there's yeah. that. And then I, I think overall, my big thing is just, you know, taking it down a level to be um, a lot of these words are, could be catchphrasey, right? And like, how do we take it out of the, that level into the, you know, the more grounded level where I think it really lives. Um, and part of that, I think, is about adding examples and stories. So as you were reading, I'm like, oh, there was that. This It was this partner we worked with. That was here, right? I can see the story that you're telling. But for yeah. people who aren't with us, they can't see that. So how do they, how do we help them feel it as part of the manifesto, right? So it feels like mm-hmm. this authentic learning that's come from our experience because it has, Right. And right now, I think unless you're with us, it feels like a lot of great words and ideas, but I'm not sure the fact that it like comes from the trenches is totally clear. Do you know what mm. I'm saying? So I think yeah. that's my big piece of feedback. Yeah. The other thing I, I it's interesting that you mentioned like a, the visual earlier. I, I think there's, there is definitely a need for you know, this is like that, like a stream flowing in the river or, yeah. or the sun coming up above the cloud or, you know, some like analogy in here. Like that's what there's, there's not a lot, if any analogy that could make it punchy or make it, um, connect in a way that's like, Oh, even if I don't know what co-creation means, it, at least I know it's like that. Right. If a yeah. equals B, and I'm used to A, but I'm talking about C. Well, if A equals B and B equals C, then let me talk about A a little bit. So yeah. people have a sense of it, right? Um, it's like a so grounding. Some kind of analogy. 
like there is one like i i'm not a machine is one yeah right that's a that's one analogy that is used but there's not a whole lot in here around analogy and so that's definitely a piece of what are those feelings and textures or experiences yeah. that most people have that they can ground themselves yeah. into so that when i say the words that's what it means yeah. that's kind of what i'm trying to do exactly what else go specific I think, that that, I think I think that is my big piece of feedback, because I think once you do that or once we do that, then we can have another kind of conversation about then the nuance. But like it, right now, it's a little high level for me. I think we just need mm -hmm. to ground it down and then we can go from there. So I don't like I'm not sure, you know, we always talk about altitude, like the word altitude for me right now doesn't feel like the right space because we're still in the higher altitude of like. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? How do we make it this feel real to people? Yep. But I think it's well, great. I think overall you did a really nice job of like bringing these pieces. And again, as I said, I could really like, it took me to all of the places that we've uh, <laughs> yeah, been and the learning we've had. Right. Yeah. 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 That's what it was. I mean, my first, like real first version was just writing down all the different I mean, it was, it was all over the place and it was writing down all the different somewhat of catchphrases or phrases that we've yeah. used or like your world famous quote of our nose, give power to our most important yeses is like, that's got to go in there for sure. <laughs> um, that one yeah. is a plus one to Sarah Fanslow version. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Nice work. Thanks. Uh, it's, I think it's important. I think it's important for us to have language language to what this next normal new normal is yeah um so all right well everyone we'll put a link to our v1 up there and we'll probably keep adding v2 and v3 up there and let you be along for the journey and by the way this will be a google link and if you have any thoughts that you want to do add your comments up into the google doc uh, we'll open it up for comments we'd love to get your thoughts as impact driven and nonprofit leaders like to me, you know, this is uh, the goal to me of this is really uh, to be co-created. I mean, with all of you, right? Hence why I just got the skateboard version, if you will, the first draft. But uh, we want this to sound like your voice and 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 to be co-created with impact-driven leaders like you. So, if you don't, if you want to, take a moment, click on the link in the show notes, and uh, add some comments to things, pluses and deltas. And by the way, pluses and deltas is a frame you can use for anything you're doing when you're debriefing your in within your own organization. Instead of positives and negatives, it's all about learning. And so what are the pluses, the positives, the the things that you love and want and appreciate? And what are the deltas, the things you might shift and adjust for next time? Because it, will this manifesto ever be done? Probably not. But where you can always keep iterating on it and keep learning for into sure. it. So. Awesome. Well, thanks everyone for listening in to what we've been learning and this uh, first version of Manifesto. Uh, please uh, let us know what you think and also give us a review. If this has been valuable for you uh, in learning into your own role, we'd love to know about that. So pop it up on Apple reviews in your podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Appreciate you all. Thanks for being here and we'll see you next time. Thanks y'all.